0: Welcome to the Umpiring Fast Pitch Softball Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Pete. And this episode is going to be a little bit different in that I'm going to interview David and talk to him about his experience being an umpire at USA National events. So David, what is a USA National event?
1: That's a great question, Pete. So USA Nationals are tournaments that are typically at the end of the season. So most of them are at the end of the summer, late July. Uh, early August and uh, they're all listed in the umpire's manual so mm-hmm. you'll be able to see uh, even past winners uh, which is kind of a cool thing so cool. you can see the uh, if once you've been doing this for a while you you go to nationals you're you're umpiring at nationals you can actually see the outcomes of the tournaments that that you were at so that's what a, that's what a national is they have them at different levels so they have regional uh, nationals, and then they also have national nationals, uh, which is kind of a fun yeah. thing to do. Then and they also have um, ratings for them or, or levels. So gold A's and B's uh, are the ones that I'm familiar with. So um, you know the the top of the top is USA Gold Nationals that's held, uh, I believe, in Oklahoma City every year, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So uh, and that's the that's the the mecca, right? That's the place you want to go mm-hmm. uh, for sure. That's where you're headed. Uh, if you if you really aspire to be uh, like I've mentioned in other episodes, uh, an elite level umpire with USA Softball, uh, getting a gold, 18U gold national is the that's the tops.
0: Yeah. So then, how do you how do you become part of that? How do you get selected to that? How do you get on the radar? So I'm sitting here thinking I'm a new umpire. I've been umpiring for a couple of years. I have as a goal to get myself to a nationals you know, do you apply to the nationals? Are you interviewed? Do people
1: see you? Do someone have recommend you or, or elect you or how does that work? Yeah. So you let your commissioner know. So USA softball works with, um, that's not only the, the state level, but then also your local level commissioner. So here in Ohio right now, it's Wendell Colley mm-hmm. and, uh, he'll be the one that, that sends out your USA newsletter. Uh, he's the one that you register with to, to get your permit. Uh, you know, works with, uh, Works with the, the group at USA Softball for your background background checks and all of that stuff, and you just let your local commissioner know that you're interested, because those that assign nationals uh, do so through the local commissioners.
0: Okay, so we're all. So we'll talk specifically about the first one, but just curious, how many have you been to, and which
1: levels and stuff? So I've only been made it to three different nationals now. Um, two of them were USA specific. And the most recent one was actually Alliance Fast Pitch, run by
0: USA Softball. Okay. So, so how did you get your very first one? Where like where did you go? What was the?
1: So the very first one was uh, Ocean City, Maryland, mm-hmm. and um, which was a fun fun thing to do because uh, just probably a year before, maybe two years before, we had our summer team uh, there at Ocean yeah, right. City playing in that uh, playing in a very similar tournament. So I had. Um, 14 UB Eastern Nationals, I believe is what it was. Okay, so then,
0: so we're in Ohio, right? We're in central Ohio right now, and Maryland is all the way on the coast. How does that work out? So, I mean, do you get paid more than just per game, or how are your travel expenses handled? I imagine, I mean, people that work the Nationals from Maryland or Virginia don't have to go as far as the people of Ohio, so how do they sort all that out?
1: Yeah, so th- that's an interesting, uh, an interesting piece that I'm not sure I know 100% of it. I know that um, they have some at-large uh, bids for umpires, and they get their entire travel paid for. And uh, then there's others that are just, hey, do you want to come and mm-hmm. do it? And I was one of those, um, yeah. so I didn't, I, I didn't get one of the at-large pieces, uh, which to me is, is not why I do this. Uh-huh. Um, I use that as a, a vacation, you know, it's no problem. And in fact, in this case, um, my family did go with me. Uh, I had my wife and my daughter and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think my mother went as well. So the girls all hung out at the beach in ocean city while I went and, uh, and umpired. So, uh, but we, you know, they typically though, uh, they will provide uh, housing for you. Mm-hmm. and um, it's almost always shared. So, you know, it's a, a hotel room with with two double beds, you know, so you're gonna be bunked up with somebody. They care very much if you're a male or a female, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but also, you can request to have a room to yourself. You just have to pay half, right? So, uh, and that makes sense for the tournament right. director. You know, they're they're watching their budget, and if you wanna have a room all by yourself, that's gonna cost them, so uh, they make you pay that half. Uh, food-wise, you usually get a meal a day you know so they're going to give you something that you can get walk up to the concession stand at the park and say hey here's my meal ticket i'm an umpire so you'll get that one um and that particular national i don't believe we had an umpire meal yes we did we had pizza one night it was uh after the last one we had some pizza they brought that in so but everything else you're kind of responsible for your own thing Uh, you're going to be there for four days five days It's easy to go to uh, you know a grocery store, local grocery store, grab some bread, grab some lunch meat, you know that kind of stuff. So you can do it affordably. Um, I think my first national cost me about twenty five (laughs) hundred, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, again, I had the family with. uh, We went out for crab. You know, I mean, you're no. Yeah, you stayed somewhere separate. You didn't. You didn't stay in the free accommodation. Yeah, that's right.
0: Yep, Yep, exactly that. Yeah. So someone who was looking to do this on a budget, quote unquote, who just wants the experience and is can go solo, you go. Probably have to get yourself there, right? So yep. you know, the most economical way you probably have driven, uh, yeah. you'll get your your uh, hotel or whatever paid for. You'll get paid to work games, and then you'll get like one meal. And then so if you were to do a budget, you just eat economically. Yep. And there you go. It might cost you a couple hundred. Well, with the pay, you either break even probably or maybe make out a little bit.
1: Yeah. Now, most of the time, so the two you straight USA events that I've gone to there have been more than one of us from the same area and so you see that uh, there's carpooling a lot of times and that, that same thing happened um, that Ocean City Maryland one most of the umpires were from that region that area uh, it was only a few of us um, that were from you know as far away as Ohio okay perfect
0: so okay so I'm there now it's time to work so when I think about summer ball tournaments. A lot of tournaments here, especially because there's a shortage of umpires, which I feel is probably not a problem here because this is something people want to go do and, you know, they're they're pulling people from a big, big region to go to them. Uh, you know, so I'm thinking about a day of umpiring for me in some of these tournaments it might be 12 hours working eight games uh, or seven games uh, or even on championship day, four and five games. How many games a day did you work doing this and, and how many men on a crew?
1: Yeah. Or so, people on a crew? Yeah. Fantastic question. The it, they want it to be different, so now and you have to understand the USA organization, USA softball organization has uh, what they call UICs, umpires in charge, mm-hmm. and a, a UIC gig, you know, for a national is is that's like their mecca, right? If you're a UIC, you're like, oh man, I'd love to have a national someday, and a lot of times these are run by the the local area folks. So that was like USA Softball of Maryland was putting that on, or USA Softball of Virginia put on the the next one, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So. Yeah. They provide the UIC, and um, it's their responsibility to provide a great experience for the players uh, as best they can and within that budget. So depending on how many teams are going to be there, uh, how many umpires they can get, that kind of thing can absolutely impact the schedule of how many games you're going to get. Um, I had some conversations with a couple of those UICs, and their, their specific goal was to make sure that they had fresh umpires for all the games. Yeah, and so you're gonna get the best product that way. Yeah, if you were gonna go try and Superman through eight games on you know Saturday and Sunday and make you know let's call it four hundred dollars, um, I don't even recall what the, the per game was um, that back then. It was mm-hmm. three years ago, four years ago. But um, if you if that was your goal, that's not that's not gonna happen. Um, at least at the ones that I've been to. So um, there's enough umpires there to make sure that they're providing a good product. Um, now, one thing that that happens because in in USA softball specifically, and I'm sure this is true in the U trip sanctions too. I just don't know about it, uh, but in USA softball, you're being evaluated every time you walk on the field, and so they're very the UICs are very specific about who's working what position in what game. Yeah, because so the
0: UIC assigns you whether you're the base or the plate absolutely. for every game, whether you're not even. The big games, but like every single game. opening pool play game.
1: Yeah, every single game oh, okay. because it's their job to evaluate you and provide to you a a report of their evaluation. So you actually get a formal document that comes from Oklahoma City uh, because that UIC's responsibility is to submit a report back to OKC uh, on how you did as a as a nationals umpire. Okay. For them. So yeah, they're very specific about um, what position you work. And uh, you'll see them, you know, drive up in their golf cart and, and you, know to, you know to make sure that you're tight at the time. You know that they're there.
0: So they, do they do, they do two-man games like for pool and then three-man when it gets to elimination time? Or yeah, it
1: depends it... on the tournament. So that particular tournament was barely post-COVID, if I'm not oh, okay. mistaken. And um, so they intentionally kept the number of umpires as, as low as they could. And so we ran two-person games, two-man games, um, for all of pool play. And then once we got to bracket play, I think the first round of bracket was also two-man. But then when you got to the second round of bracket uh, quarterfinals for the smaller tournament, then it was three-man.
0: Thinking about three-man experience, I know for Federation ball, we get three-man later in the tournament. I don't even think the first, the opening rounds of the tournament are two-man. And I think like the championship levels are are 3 how do you, what's the best way you think to get experience? How did, how did you get experience going to this nationals? I, I, you know, knowing your experience and, and doing a lot of high school stuff and doing a lot of USA tournaments, which are
1: two man for a majority of them, how did you get that three man experience to be able to handle it? Yeah. So I called Mike Burwell, uh, my mentor. It's uh, probably known, it maybe the first time I said that in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, so I called Mike and I said, Hey, man, I got a national and um, I've never worked a three man game in my life. And he said, Oh, good. Did you read the manual? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've studied it. I know what I'm supposed to do, but I've, I haven't put it in, into practice. And, uh, and I said, Hey, there's a, I was talking to one of my uh, other umpires and I uh, knew that they were doing a, I think it was fall and they were doing a, a small fall tournament. And I said, would it be okay? I'm going to jump in, you know, and, and we'll just practice some, some three man mechanics. Uh, and this one of the other ones was going to go to nationals also, and so they could have used that experience as well, and uh, so he got it cleared with the tournament director that uh, the the teams would be okay, and uh, so I just went down myself on my own dime. You know, of course the tournament the UIC Mike he didn't have extra money to go yeah. throwing around to extra umpires, right? So it was all on my dime. But it was my experience that I needed, so uh, I jumped in on some games and we did some did some three man the the coaches were thrilled to have us, Absolutely. you know, and we say, hey, we're, we're getting ready for nationals. You know, if, do you mind if we do a three man, like more umpires? Yeah. Come on, bring it, you know? So yeah, yeah that's, that's what I did.
0: Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a good point and a good way for people to learn. You know, when my, when I started umpiring, my very first game was a middle school game and you came and were my base umpire, yeah. which they were thrilled to have too, but it was a good way. People here don't always necessarily get that kind of assistance to start. But I think that is actually an excellent way to learn is to get in where, yes, you're not getting paid for it. And so there's there's actually a lot of this I know people have a lot of feelings about that one way or the other. But in our case, so it's when you're trying to learn. If I wanted to learn how to be an, an apprentice mechanic or something and like I'm 16, I might go hang around a shop and then do a bunch of grunt work for someone who is a mechanic and just pick up things as I'm there. Putting myself yeah. in exposure is helpful. And so getting to... To get three man where you go work a two man where someone's working two man you have some, they're willing to let you in they're willing to work three man because they may or may not be comfortable with it yeah and then just get in there and get it for free I think that's I think that's good I don't know if there's are there any clinics or how would you learn like if I was going to learn officially so not I don't want to go do the free way where I'd rather pay right. I'd rather pay to learn yeah <laughs> it's the opposite but I mean but honestly though I mean all
1: joking aside. Is, how would I learn officially to do three-man? Yeah, so here in Ohio, Central Ohio specifically, I think Hub in, in conjunction with um, OHSAA. So I think, I think Jerry Fick is part of the, the three-man clinic, but, um, and it's actually uh, in a couple of weeks on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. So right before tournament season for the high school um, here in Central Ohio, Hub and, and OHSAA put on a three-man clinic, uh, and they do it free. And nice. any, any umpire is welcome to come and no pre-registration or anything needed. You just, you show up there. Um, so you, that's one way for sure that you get to do that. That's great. Uh, and yeah, you get to hear it from, from the tops, you know, the, the folks that have done the state championship before in division one, you know, that kind of stuff, they're all going to be there. Um, yeah. no, I don't know that they'll all be there. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. spoke, every one of them. Yeah. Every <laughs> single one that's ever done, it's going to no, know, but there's, there's a lot of experience there to help you with it. And I'll tell you the other thing. And, and if you're looking to do and move into three man, uh, just study that manual. I, I actually interpreted the manual and, uh, moved it into a spreadsheet cause that's how my brain works Yeah. and, you know, got my starting. I remember when you sent it to me? Yeah. I got my starting position. So, you know, if you've got runner on first, you one's here and you two, you three is here and, you know, and then who's responsible for what and all of that stuff. And I actually, um. Bothered the heck out of my my wife because we drove over to that one and um, she quizzed me probably eight times you know on the way there uh, because it, you know it was initially going to be the whole thing was going to be three man yeah and uh, so I thought oh my god I'm going to go out here and look like an idiot um, I've got my two man mechanics nailed you know but they're down but I hadn't even hardly worked any three man games you know at that point so I was nervous about it and I think that nervousness made me study hard and yeah. uh, it it played out. Because uh, one of the things that you're looking for, you know, as I mentioned, you're being evaluated all the time. And uh, you're not only being evaluated for uh, how they're going to fill out their report and send it off to Oklahoma, uh, but you're also being evaluated so that they can determine who that championship crew is. And uh, it's definitely going to be a three-man crew. Uh, Every USA I've ever been to has been at least a three-man crew. And what you're looking for, that coveted spot, is that plate umpire for the three-man crew. So I think... uh, I think my studying and uh, you know Mike helping me out by getting me some games uh, right before I went paid off because I actually earned the plate for that my very first national yeah, very nice uh, yeah I was very excited about that so what
0: what happened while you're there any any interesting stories that came out of that that were yeah uh,
1: so there were several I initially on my first my first games my first pool play games. I got paired up with a young man whose father uh, was also there. And he is an, actually a UIC, but he wasn't UICing that particular tournament. Uh, they were one of the local crews that were there. So fantastic people, cared about the game. That Of course he did, right? I mean, if you're a UIC, you've actually right. committed to the You put game, in a right? lot Yeah, you've put in a lot. So his son is there with me. And when I say son, a kid to me, but not certainly not a kid. Uh, I think probably 23, 24 years old. Uh, maybe in a, a very experienced umpire at that point and, and his dad's a uic right so uh his his sister played you know the same same story mm-hmm. you know, but that you'd see with a with a dad and uh, we had our very first game together and we're pre-gaming and um two man and he says um on a trouble ball fly ball to the outfield that's going to be a trouble ball i want you to go out and i'm like oh uh, well, that would be new um, here in Central Ohio. Um, we don't do that in uh, in high school, for sure. USA, we don't either. Um, and CAA, we'll talk about that mechanic later, but yeah. um, you, you're going to see some of that going out uh, in two-man and NCAA. But uh, at that time, you know, it was my my norm was that if that ball gets hit up in the air and it's going to be in the outfield, I'm, I'm hustling my butt to button hook in and, you know, pick up first base, you know, and... and go with that batter runner you know that's my job so i'm like and so i told him that you know that that's not our normal mechanic and he said well i'd like you to do it okay mike so you know i'm young at this uh, not young as a person but young in in this in this arena and um you know it's my first national and i'm being you know played umpires pre-gaming with me and i'm like okay man i'll do my best you know and it wasn't very long early in the game we had a fly ball go um right over my head and um I have no idea if it's going to be a trouble ball, not going to be a trouble ball. No clue. So I freeze for a minute. I turn and I look at the ball. So obviously I have not button hooked. (laughs) Okay. So now I'm feeling like a U-trip umpire. I'm standing, the ball is out and I am out. And I'm like, oh my God. Um, And the ball was not a trouble ball. And and I'm stuck. And there's going to be a play right here at first base, you know, where I've got to move out of the way or I'm going to get hit in an ear hole you know and uh i'm like oh this is this is bad so as soon as that inning is over i you know drop my little butt down down to the plate umpire and say yeah i ain't doing that again (laughs) so we're not we're not doing that so when i got back um and and i had had dinner with with mike and, and you know some of the other umpires that went to nationals i told them the story and and i remember very specifically that that todd uh, Todd Davis, is who I'm talking about, Todd was was not very kind to me about that. He said, "Well, you're an idiot." <laughs> I'm like, you know why did you why did you let him take you out of your game? And so that's a that's a good piece of advice I think I got. Uh, so I paid the price and, and got the, I took the idiot um, comment. So if you're, if you're looking to go to a Nationals, um, try hard not to let uh, the umpires take you out of what you know is an acceptable mechanic and something that you practice and in in that you do. So. Um, but I got I just got stuck now if we practiced it, you know, would I be able to to be better at determining when I'm gonna go out yeah. and you know but also remember that if you turn your back on that plate umpire, you now have the ball right so now uh, you got to remember that too but but anyway, so that that was a cute little story about that one.
0: Any issues with any coaches or anything you were at that level so I don't know if that would make them less likely to be a problem
1: because they're all professional or is it more likely to be a problem because they're all playing in their World Series you know. Yeah, so this one, um, I, I do I believe this one was 16U, and I don't specifically recall problems with coaches, and, and I'm, I'm going to attribute that to something that that Mike kind of instilled in me early in, in umpiring, and that was a very good plate meeting. Uh, if you have a good plate meeting and you conduct yourself as a professional in everything that you're doing, you will have less problems with coaches. There's no question about that. So... We show up at the field and uh, of course we're at nationals and everything's spit shined and, and uh, pressed you mm-hmm. know shirts are tucked in the right hats are on they don't have sweat stains on them you know that kind of thing yeah. we're, we're looking good you know we're looking good and, and when we conduct that plate meeting and talk about making sure that we want to get the calls right for the girls and so if there's a question you know a rules question whatever it is call time you know comes you know so anyway having a very good plate meeting starts that rapport with a coach. Um, if you come off as, you know, I'm um, the, the pompous, but in this thing, you're, you're asking for trouble. But if you, uh, if you show up professional and treat them well, they're likely to treat you well. Uh, also. Awesome. Yeah. So then you said, uh, you ended up getting the plate in the, I did. in the championship. Yeah, I was, um, uh, I was thrilled to death. So you can see me grinning because yeah. we're, we're recording in the same room, but, um, I'm sure that the, the podcasters can kind of hear it in my voice. The, uh, Super, super proud. I had no clue that it was going to happen. Um, I did get really good feedback uh, every time that I... Oh, well, let's talk about that. After the game, you know, when you leave, you do your post game, um, you know, so you leave through the, the path of least resistance, just like in, in Federation ball, and uh, have, a, have a post game. Uh, the thing about nationals is you get to have a post game not only with your partner to talk about it, but also your evaluator right it's because they're watching you and so you, you find your evaluator you sit down you have your post game and, and a lot for me anyway uh, both both of those usa nationals that i mentioned the uic or or their designated uh, evaluator would allow us to do our post game together you know with the two umpires together and then they would comment on you know their what they're what they saw
0: do they and, do that in front of both
1: of you yeah yeah which is cool you have to. You you can't be shy about you know what you're doing out there. Yeah. You you have to be open to oh yeah man I messed that up you know and not get all butthurt about it you know because and especially at that point in my career you know I what I've been an umpire for three years maybe it's my third third year uh, possibly maybe second I, yeah I'd have to do the math but so yeah right there in front and that one was a little bit cute the um that first partner that I was telling you about uh, a a moment ago throughout the game had several things he would call me in and, you know, I'd trot in there and we would speak between innings, which is also unusual for me. We, you know, you try not to do that. Right. Um, But, and he would have this, this thing I need to do and this thing I need to do and, you know, and I'm doing a really good job of taking a deep breath and okay, thanks for the input, you know, because it's stuff that I didn't necessarily agree with. Um, you know things that I had not been taught for how we do it. You know, and I don't know at this point—is it something that we do in Ohio? Is this a yeah, Mike? You said it's um, like your first game, right? Yeah, exactly, my first game, and, and you know this—I don't know—but so anyway, that that very first evaluation, um, the, the the evaluator took him first, and he had a lot to say. You know, well, you need to do this better, you need to do that better. You know, he he gave him a lot of good uh, feedback, good good criticisms, but, but good ones, you know, um, those are called something, give me the word I'm looking for the, um, criticisms that are constructive criticism. There you go. So a lot of constructive criticism. And, um, you could tell that he got a little dejected, you know, he was, he he thought he had a better game, I think, than what the evaluator said. And then (laughs) the the evaluator turned to me and said, and Trout, um, on the bases, you you did a fantastic job. Your button hooks are nice and tight, um, paralleling the runner, um, getting to where you need to be to make the calls, um, hustling, you know, to your next position so that you could keep the game moving. Um, you really had a great game. And that was that with that. And so you could tell that my partner was like, Oh, crap, I was all over mm-hmm. his, you know, I was all over him during the game and he was actually doing things well. So uh, but that worked out really well because I had uh, I had him for the rest of that day as a partner also, and we ended up working really well together. So uh, I learned some things from him, and I think he learned some things from me. So, so what level great. is that feedback at? So you expect, you know, you're at a certain level,
0: so I'm expecting some of this feedback is probably pretty fine-grained, fine-tuning stuff, right? Like not, not oh, do you realize you were supposed to button hook? You know, it's not that level, right? It, it's probably, you know, your ang- adjust your angle this way, pivot your hips slightly, like what how how, yeah. how detailed does this get, and how oh, fine and, and nitpicky are they about that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Pete. I think it has to do, um, and this I wouldn't have known then. Uh, I know now, you know, several years later, um, that the feedback you get is based on your actual proficiency. Um, if they evaluate you in in their own mind as a elite umpire, and I don't mean that in its title, but I mean, you know, as a, or advanced, let's, let's use advanced umpire, somebody that really pays attention to mechanics and has the basics down, then you're going to get some very specific, um, you know, but I I guess I'll just coin it nationals level, you know, type of, of feedback. So um, there were plenty of umpires there that, you could tell are not nearly as, um, not nearly as concerned about making sure that they had everything right. You know, where's, are they walking the line when nobody when nobody's on? You know, mm-hmm. where do they end their walk? Are they on their left foot? You know, so that they can immediately sprint into the to the thing. To me, I see that as very basic uh, umpire stuff. That's stuff that we were taught. You know, yeah. when we first started, and that's just how it works. Um, <clears throat> so there are umpires getting feedback like that. Hey, look. The manual says this, and you're doing that. You know, um, we have people that that wouldn't button hook. You know, they stay out. Well, my mechanic is. You know, I'm gonna follow her outside, and then if it looks like she's going to third, I'll cut across the diamond. It's like, well, that's great that that's your mechanic, but this is a USA softball tournament, and so you got to use USA mechanics. So mm-hmm. that that kind of feedback for those umpires. Um, the I was fortunate enough to to be. I guess, thought of as somebody that, that had already learned all of that, paid attention to that. So I was getting things like to umpire at the highest levels, and you're the base umpire. You should work on uh, maybe getting set with the plate umpire. Oh, what do you really? So what do you mean by that? You know, and it's like, so in USA softball, I guess all of it now. Yeah, for, so all of it. When the plate umpire steps in, you know, they're getting ready to, to receive a pitch that back there, right? They're going to call a pitch. They step in. Uh, get in the slot, you know, get their ear beside the catcher's ear, get their get their eyes down to the the level of the, the top of the strike zone. When they squat to get down to the level of the, the strike zone, right, so they've actually stepped in and, and gotten down into position, that's when you, the base umpire, should go down. Oh, I had no idea. I always knew that I needed to be watching the pitcher's foot, you know, I'm doing my thing, mm-hmm. so I would get my timing off the pitcher. When do I really need to be in this a little bit uncomfortable athletic position. You know, yeah. this is not my resting, standing around, you know, position. This is my no. I'm ready to ready to go. I was getting my timing off of the pitcher. You know, when do I need to do that? And um, so it's this, the next level, if you will, is to make sure that all the umpires get set at the same time. Awesome. Can do. So that's the kind of feedback that I was getting. Yeah, so that's pretty detailed. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know. I, I don't
0: do that. I probably did it like how you have. I typically do it how you had done it, which was the pitcher. And I do the the thing. I kind of creep forward, you know, so that I'm moving when the pitch moves. So I begin to get down. I begin to take a step forward and and get down. But I'm, yeah, with no consideration myself to what the plate what the yeah. plate's doing. I have yeah, to think either. about so that and look at I've that been. and see what that
1: would that take for me to do that. And sometimes it's a struggle because you might end up with a plate umpire that has really bad timing. And um, so then you can get, you know, you can get yourself in, in a Barney, really, uh, if they have bad timing. Yeah. You know? I've seen even at the college level now. I've seen umpires behind the plate that are moving as the pitch after the pitcher starts her pitch. And as a as a coach and, and somebody who knows a little bit about umpiring, I really want to go down there and say, "Hey, stop moving back there! <laughs> you know, she's trying to pitch. You're moving. You know, um, get out of the game. Get and get where you need to be and and do your job down there. You know, not, stop messing with my pitcher. You're you're moving back there. You know. Yeah. But of course, you can't do that. But and I haven't. You know, but I want to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I want to real bad yeah so yeah and so one of the other ones that I got um, that I thought was really great really great was how far do I get talk about this a little bit the let's talk about a, a batter runner nobody on base you're in the a and um, she hits what's gonna be a triple um, that's like one of the worst-case scenarios for a base umpire right that's mm-hmm. the most running you're gonna do and two man And, um, so you're button hooking in, you're paralleling the runner and you have to get to a, there's going to be a tag play at third. So the manual tells us that you're supposed to be perpendicular to the leading edge of the bag where the tag's coming from and how many feet away, eight to eight to 10 feet away, I think it is. Um, and so that would tell you that you've got to be all the way over on the third baseline. The little piece of advice that I got that first year is that is that. Hey, if you're gonna do this at the highest levels, get your left foot on the foul line called in the paint. It's just your left foot in the paint. That's a long way to go for a big fat man like me. Yeah. You know, um, so you gotta find a way to get there and get that done. So it's that level of that, that level of stuff. Long answer for a really short question. Sorry. <laughs> awesome.
0: A- anything else about the experience you'd want people to know who were curious about it?
1: Um, so I learned a rule there while I was there. Um, the rule that I learned was about, uh, foreign objects or foreign substances on the ball. And, um, here's how I learned it. So we're in the championship game and, um, the, the pitcher would reach down and rub the dirt and, um, go straight to the ball. And I saw that and I went, well, wait a minute, I've heard somewhere that dirt is part of the, part of the, field it's you know, part of the game mm-hmm. and so that's not foreign right it can't be foreign right it got a little hotter you know like I said it's August you know end of July August and um the next inning she comes out with a rosin bag and so she picks the rosin bag up and you know does the does the rosiny thing you know in her hand drops the rosin bag and goes straight to the ball I call an illegal pitch she's she didn't go to her leg she didn't wipe it off right parent yelling at me you know, that, you know, that's, that's, you know, what she, was she in the circle? And I'm of course thinking to myself, what the heck does that have to do with anything? <laughs> you know, um, she, cause she's allowed to, if she wasn't in the circle, you know, as the parent and I'm like, mm, okay, we're ignoring all of that. Right. And so I just told her that she has to wipe that off. And so between innings, uh, the UIC person who was not UIC, right. I mentioned that yeah. he was the father, son, um, uh, he was actually U1. And um, so, my guess is I earned this spot because he's been there, done that, right? So, it was a would he have been a better choice for the plate umpire for the championship game? Probably, you know, but, um, you know, they, they gave it to me. So, anyway, in between innings, he, he asked me what my call was. And I told him, he said, Oh, she's allowed to do that. <laughs> and um, I said, Really? He said, Yeah. I went, Oh, man, that sucks. He said, that's okay. You know, you know, I'm like, yeah. So we looked it up in our post game. We looked it up again. And um, not only was he correct that, you know, it's, it's allowed uh, as a drying agent, but it has to be the right kind, of yes. course, because regular rosin is a drying agent that dries your hand. Now, mm-hmm. if you think about how sweaty these these young ladies get out there in the summertime playing, if I dry my hand and then wipe it on my sweaty wet pants, yeah. <laughs> it really probably didn't do any good. Uh, and it doesn't transfer to the ball so it's it's actually an okay thing so I learned that one so you mentioned when it's all over they were gonna you're gonna get like a mailed evaluation from Oklahoma City that kind of thing yeah right so what was your what was your final evaluation like if you want to share yeah I can share um, I should have probably brought it to the episode today but um, first of all it took months to get it and uh, the reason is that if you imagine how many nationals there are you know gold a b regionals there's you know Easterns, Northerns, Southerns, Westerns—you know all these, all the different tournaments—and the UICs all have to put them together in a, in a—it's a form that uh, that USA Softball uses, and then they submit them and they're reviewed, you know, by the by the, the committees up at, at USA Softball. So it took months to get it, and to be honest, I was you know, sitting on needles, if you will, yeah, uh, you know, waiting on it to come. And when it did finally come, um, I was glad to have it. Uh, got some really good good stuff to pass on to to mike and and Linda here in, in ohio uh, to say you know hey be proud of the fact that you taught you know this new umpire to go and perform like this you know at a nationals and and really um, represent central ohio softball umpiring very well and lots of the umpires that went that year um, got really good reviews because we we do it right here in central ohio and and Mike and Linda and Barry and, you know, the whole group, uh, they make sure that we know what we're doing. And uh, and we show well uh, on the national stage. So it Yeah, was, well, you mentioned the clinic thing earlier, and that's
0: one of the things I think that Central Ohio does do well is, you know, you mentioned the, the free three-man clinic, and prior to the NFHS season starting, the Hub has another free clinic. It's yeah. been at Reynoldsburg High School the last couple of years, uh, where people come from all over the place. They don't charge. It's free. Some of the top instructors, right. you know, these some of these NCAA umpires, People have got forty years of experience teaching, forty years of the right experience to your point before of, of the stuff, and this is for free. They they pour themselves into making some of the best umpires. Not that other places may not. I'm not from there. I don't know, but I can tell you here they do do that, and they give
1: you they give us a lot of support. Yeah, for sure, and it, it, they're great to be with. You did mention that. I'm not sure about other places. That two man team, the father son team, uh, the the Maryland team that where they're from, all of their high school games, regular season high school games, are three man wow yeah they've got uh, they've got a great set of umpires out there in um, a big pool to pick from so uh, they were actually surprised um, at the the fact that they were wondering how you get selected to do varsity games in central Ohio uh, if you don't have three man I've mm-hmm. done three man I'm like well buddy we don't we don't have the luxury of a bunch Selecting. of extra umpires yeah, yeah. Around, you know, I've so. done
0: I've probably done seven <laughs> solo varsity games this year yeah just from a shortage true. of umpires where I get split on Friday, I was split from my partner in my game to go work another game solo. So, one double game become two solo games just because we're short.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's an unfortunate thing. But uh, as far as the nationals experience goes, that's my first one. Um, I highly, highly recommend it for somebody that uh, is looking to advance themselves. Um, go get those um, those evaluations. You know that you can only get okay. at nationals. Um, get you get the ones here local and you know of course some of the people here you know Linda we're just you know lucky to have somebody yeah. like Linda who who has been in the game for so long to be able to provide that feedback for us and help us but not everybody has a Linda not everybody has a Mike or a Todd or a Terrell or you know the, the big big names here in Central Ohio so uh, get into that national scene go over there find out what you can do to improve yourself and uh, and have fun doing it you know it's a, it's a blast all right Is there anything else about the thing or we can call this one a day? Yeah, let's call it a day. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right.
0: Talk to you next time.